Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, friend. Welcome to 12 Days of Christmas Blessings with the Lady Preacher Podcast. If I haven't met you yet, or even if I have, hi, (laughs) I'm Kelsey Beebe. I'm a minister in the United Church of Christ and the host of this lovely podcast. And I am very excited about this mini series. We have invited on some of our former guests on the podcast, and each of them will be doing their very own episode, offering you some scripture, a reflection, and a blessing. We know that you're busy, so we're keeping these episodes short, sweet, and simple. There's a lot happening in our world, and you do so much for others. I'm grateful you're letting us do this one thing for you. Thank you for being here. I hope and pray that this mini-series blesses you and fills your well this holiday season. Merry Christmas, my friends. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Lady Preacher podcast. I am your host, Reverend Kelsey Beebe, and this is our last podcast of 2021. I want to say thank you so much to all of you who have tuned in and listened to everyone we have interviewed and also to the people who have done our 12 days of Christmas blessings. The last 12 days, we've had Julie and Krista and Kim, Amelda, Kelly, Marge, Liz, Mahogany, Jessica and Katrina. Thank you so much to them for jumping in. It really was almost a last minute project. I'm so grateful each of them said yes. And for all of you for listening, we are closing out the year so strong. And I'm so, so thankful for all of you. It is such a gift to be able to do this work and really to interview some amazing, amazing people. I don't necessarily talk about the goal of why I started this podcast in the first place, but a large part of it was wanting to lift up the theology of local pastors of people who aren't famous and who don't necessarily have a huge name that everyone will recognize, but who are deeply wise and knowledgeable and filled with the Holy Spirit, who have something to say and something to share and good news to offer. And I'm so grateful that I get to be able to provide a platform for for folks to be able to do that and for you all to listen. Thank you for showing up, for being here, for supporting this podcast. I'm so grateful. And I want to give one more shout out, and that is a massive one, (laughs) to my friend and our amazing sound editor, Bree Daniel, who works tirelessly to get these out on schedule. Uh, Sometimes despite my bad timing, she is amazing. And I'm so thankful. We honestly and truly would not be doing this if it were not for her. So thank you to Bree. And now I'm going to share with you my Christmas Eve sermon for 2021. So if you are a member of my church, this episode is being released on the 24th. And if you're coming to worship later, turn off the podcast, <laughs> listen to it later. Um, I want you to listen to it live first, but for the rest of us, I just, or maybe you're listening later after Christmas Eve, because you want to hear it again, hopefully. <laughs> But for all of us, I just invite you into a spirit of prayer and let's join together. Gracious God, this Christmas is so hard. There's so much that makes us feel hopeless right now. 
Even those of us who love Christmas and the joy that it brings, something just feels a little dimmer this year. And so God, help us to see and trust in the light that shines in the darkness. Help us to trust that the darkness will never overcome it. Fill our hearts with the hope and the peace that only you can offer. And God, bless each person listening today. May they feel your grace upon them. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. So our scripture that I'm going to share with you today is a little unconventional, and it is the genealogy of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. I am not a Hebrew scholar or a Greek scholar. Any, I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm, I would say I'm a theologian because I'm a pastor, but I just, language is not my strong suit. So I will apologize ahead of time if I say any of these names incorrectly. There's a lot of them. So I ask that you bear with me. And so this is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Jeram, and Jeram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation of Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Salathiel, and Salathiel was the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiduid, and Abiduid the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eluid, and Eluid the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer the father of Methan, and Methan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born who is called the Messiah. Here ends our reading. You might be thinking, why on earth did we just read Jesus's Ancestry.com profile? And what does his genealogy have anything to do with Christmas? And maybe why on earth did this pastor choose this as the Christmas Eve text? I admit that it's a little wonky, but there's a reason that Ancestry is important. There's a reason that companies like Ancestry.com and 23andMe have made a lot of money. Ancestry is really important to folks and people get deeply, deeply invested in it. And I think that's because our ancestry tells us something about who we are. And I want to name here that as a white person, I have the privilege of tracing my ancestry back many, 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 many generations. Whereas African-Americans and Black Americans don't always have that privilege, but their ancestry, I know 
for many of them is just as important, knowing whose shoulders they stand upon. So I just wanted to name that. But I think ancestry is important to us because it tells us about who we are, where we have come from, and maybe where we're going. Who are our ancestors and where did they come from and what was their story? Because in many ways, their story is our story. They are a part of us and we are a part of them. But often I think we leave out the really, really gnarly parts of our ancestry and the stories that maybe we ignore the fact that some of our ancestors, especially as white folks, may have owned slaves. Maybe we ignore the fact that our grandfather was a drunk or that our great grandmother had a child out of wedlock. These are the kinds of stories that we tend to ignore, that we tend to leave out. We leave them as skeletons in the closet and just pretend that they aren't a part of us and a part of who we are. But not Matthew. (laughs) The writer of Matthew's gospel left all the skeletons in Jesus' closet. All of them. You've got a corrupt King David who saw a woman bathing on a roof, slept with her. She got pregnant and rather than own up to it, he had her husband Uriah killed. You've got Tamar, who is not Jewish, who was married to a man, but he died. So his brother married her and then he died. So his other brother married her, but then he died and she still had no heir. And so she tricked her father-in-law into sleeping with her and then got pregnant and her heir is in this genealogy list. You've got King Manasseh who started worshiping the God Baal, a God of the Canaanite people and led his people to do atrocious things. And his son, David, his son who followed in his father's footsteps. A lot of the people in this list you can find in the book, Second Kings and paragraph after paragraph after paragraph say so-and-so began to reign and he did what was evil in the sight of the world. Paragraph after paragraph starts with so-and-so began to reign and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, he began to reign and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Over and over and over and over again. This is the story. This is the story of Jesus's ancestry. In his ancestral line, you've got an adulterer, a murderer, a prostitute, a despot, and a long line of corrupt kings. And you thought your family was bad. And here's the thing. Jesus doesn't come into the world in spite of his ancestry and his line, but because of it. Not in spite of who they are, but because of who they are, Jesus is here. And that is wild to me. How many of us have stories in our families that we are not proud of at all, that feel irredeemable? I would guess that I have asked each of you to raise your hands. Almost all of us would raise them. And maybe even a second hand. (laughs) We don't tell these stories and we let them become these skeletons in the closet and things to be ashamed of because we're told that our families need to be perfect. But this is no surprise. They're not. Our families are not perfect. They're messy and they're complicated and they're hard, especially around the holidays. The thing is, God knows that perfect isn't real. When God created humanity in God's image, 
Yes, we are created good, but we are also not created to be perfect. And God knows that because we are God's creation. From the very beginning, it was really messy. And so God knows that. The messy part, my friends, is actually where God shows up. Just think of Jesus's birth story. He's born in a manger, which is not some perfectly baby-shaped carved wooden crib or cradle. It's an animal feeding trough. And I'm not a farmer. Many of my parishioners are farmers. And I think they'll tell you how gross (laughs) the troughs get. This is not the perfect setting. And yet God arrives. God is born into the world, love in the flesh, in the mess of everything. Amidst hay and manure and the smell of animals, God enters there. Just think of childbirth in and of itself. I'm not a mother, but I know from friends who are mothers that it is a little bit of a messy process. And that's where God comes into the world. This genealogy, the line from which baby Jesus comes, isn't perfect. And yet Jesus comes anyway. And not in spite of all the bad stuff, but because of it. You know, there's a reason that manure makes great fertilizer. I don't think that was a mistake on God's big creation design. That God knows something about manure and the crap of our lives. God looks at that manure of our lives and of the world and says that that I can use. And it's not that bad things happen for a reason. Many of y'all know that I don't believe God causes the bad things of the world to happen, especially not to teach us some sort of lesson. But God comes alongside us in the hard stuff and then transforms those awful things into something new. God takes the broken shards of our shattered hearts and makes a mosaic out of them. God takes the manure of our lives and uses it to grow a field of daffodils. God takes the storms of our lives and then throws in a rainbow. This is what God does. This is also part of God's story and our story. This is the story of Christmas, a story of God working through some deeply deeply flawed human beings. You know, there's a reason that the Hail Mary starts with mother full of grace, mother Mary full of grace, not full of honor or uprightness or perfection, but full of grace, grace upon grace. This is the Christmas story that God breaks forth into the world, not because we are perfect and not in spite of our flaws, but because of them, because we are imperfect, God enters in. God Emmanuel, that blessing of Christmas, God with us, is not contingent upon how good or upright we are. God with us is not contingent upon perfection. The story of Christmas is a story of redemption. The Christ child born of a young Mary with a complicated and messy lineage, born to save us all. The Prince of Peace, born into a not-so-peaceful world. A light to shine in the darkness. Thanks be to God for that. Merry Christmas, my friends. I'm so grateful for you.
Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.